What are you listening to right now? I don't have any headphones. Well, like if, if you had head, <laughs> if you had headphones in, what would you be listening to? Uh, probably the Justin Bieber Christmas album. Yeah, it's that good. I like it. This is marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Spreading like this. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. We're marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you check out all of the previous episodes, MarkingOut.com. Go listen to us and subscribe on Amazon Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever, whenever, however, just share it. Also, go buy a t-shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees. Also, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at MarkingOut11. Send us an email from time to time. Check in on us. Also, make sure that you head on over to Instagram and follow Brandon and over to Twitter at BTTG161. You can also follow Chris at ChrisSweenDog and follow myself, me, and I at DavidPT. DPT. And don't forget to use the discount code regardless at manscaped.com. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always on episode 565 of Marking Out. Nice, <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we had a, a two week record of uh, me saying that, I believe. Yeah. How, so, uh, how have you been? Doing good. Doing good. Been well. Been well. Weather is changing. How about yourself? It very much so is. Yeah, well, last we left off, it was the day of Thanksgiving that we were recording, and we had not yet celebrated Thanksgiving. But I did make the the green bean casserole from scratch. We know that. I made the stuffing from scratch. Both were really good. Yeah, now the question is, did anybody eat it? Everyone ate it. And I said, I was like, People were like, oh, this is really good. And before they ate it, I'm like, if you don't like anything I made, then I bought it at Costco. <laughs> Which is messed up because Costco sells some good stuff there. But Yeah, they do. But everyone liked it. We had a smoked turkey, which was really good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was really good. How about what did you guys have? We had the, uh, the usual turkey, stuffing, uh, cranberry sauce. Um, I had some Canned delicious, or like, or fresh or whatever. I believe fresh. We ordered were it from there the chunks. Or, I mean, it was we ordered it from. Or... It was chunks, so I, it was oh, probably so it was from like a, a can. Compote. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Um, we ordered it from the restaurant where my grandpa is at, and we also had. I had delicious pumpkin pie, <laughs> and I think that pumpkin pie is. It has to be my favorite pie. I, I love pumpkin pie. It is, it's it's soft, not much of a crust. It's simple. I dig it. There was pecan pie and apple pie. I don't eat, never had pecan pie before, but I had the apple pie. It was decent. Yeah, yeah. The rugelach though from Costco was fantastic. 
I will put that over to the moon. All the way to the moon. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm, I started the process of making more stuffing. As in, like, I cut more bread up and dried it out in the oven. Because mm-hmm. stuffing is literally one of my favorite things. And uh, I didn't get enough of it during Thanksgiving. And I had a whole year that I missed, so... Well, I mean, nothing stops you from cooking it another day. Yeah, I know that. I, I'm aware of that. It's just you you tend to only make it during Thanksgiving time. Yeah. I I, I fully support anybody who's making stuffing year-round, though. Yeah, it, as it should be. Also, I know you probably didn't, but did you take advantage of Black Friday or Cyber Monday at all? I did. I actually bought our oh. T-shirt for uh, 500 orders, as everybody should be taking advantage of okay. marking out uh, T-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, for sure. How about yourself? I messed up. I wanted to buy the Fiend mask on WW Shop, like the good Fiend mask, not mm-hmm. the, the one that looked like garbage. Yeah. And I think it was like originally priced at 200 and then this year, Cyber... Uh, what is it? Uh, Black Friday. It was placed down at, uh, or priced down at sixty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And I figured I would wait until Cyber Monday because I swore last year the sales were better. But literally, the only thing that they did this year was add five dollar shirts on Cyber Monday, and the masks didn't change in price, and it was sold out. So I got screwed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, but that's unfortunate. That's, but it's pretty much it. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, let's get on to it. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro, which opens up with Seth Rollins having a secret, and it was revealed that at day one, Seth Rollins will be facing Big E for the WWE Championship. Finn Balor came out and attacked him, and they brawled. Finn Balor used the steel steps like Seth Rollins did last week. And then it led into their match where Finn Balor picked up the victory over Seth Rollins. I thought that this was actually a really nice uh, wrestling match. Yeah. And this we were supposed to see it last week. It didn't happen. I thought for sure it wasn't going to happen again this week. Yeah, I I but, thought that I don't know I thought that this match was was the perfect way to open up Monday Night Raw too. Yeah, I liked how it was Seth Seth's promo was like quick, right to the point, and then action started within minutes of that. And I thought it was I thought it was good, and it seemed like a quicker match, but it was pretty action packed. Seth yeah. Rollins ends up poking Finn Balor in the eyes without the ref seeing. I liked the uh, the rolling elbow to the back of Finn Balor's neck. Followed by the stomp. Also, did I did I say Finn Balor defeated Seth Rollins? Yes. Did Seth Rollins actually win that match? Uh, Balor, I believe, picked up the victory. Because it was the DQ. He stole the victory. No, oh, yeah, no, the DQ was later on. Yeah. No, Seth Rollins did but pick up that victory. For the opener? Yeah. I don't remember. My yeah, weeks well, are that's, long that was end. the end of the match right there was the the stomp. Yeah. But Kevin Owens approached Seth Rollins later on and said that he had big news of his own and it was that if he beats Big E later on, he gets added to the day one match which 
sent Seth Rollins flying everywhere. He was so furious at that. And then he questioned Adam Pierce about it, and Pierce laughed it off, saying that Kevin Owens is obviously lying. But Sonya Deville questioned Adam Pierce of about why Seth Rollins was in there, and she was like, eh, "It's not a bad idea." And I know I wanted that stipulation to be true. And then we saw Seth Rollins later on make fun of Kevin Owens for lying, and Kevin Owens is like, "I'm not lying." And Rollins went back to Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce, and Pierce was like, uh, "Now it's true." It wasn't true when I when you were here before, but now it actually is true. I'm, so I'm, I'm still I don't understand what's happening really with this entire uh, Pierce and Deville stuff. Like I I was expecting this to all end at Survivor Series. Well, now it's what do you mean? And what have what end? Them well, being I, I, in charge. Well, no, I was thinking that maybe one of them is in charge of one brand, and then the other team up with the other brand. You know, just be- or or even another Survivor Series match of just the two of them picking, uh, just people to represent them. You know, like uh, Team Deville versus Team Pierce. I like both of them in power. And yeah. now it seems like Adam Pierce is not uh, a heel, a random heel anymore. But what's the payoff? <laughs> what's we'll the see. Payoff? But after that, we had the Raw Women's contract signing, and Sonya Deville said that. The match will be taking place next week on Monday Night Raw. And then Becky Lynch, I believe, made fun of the Islanders. I mean... For not winning at the UBS Arena yet. Yeah, she did bring that up. That was hilarious. Because the New York Rangers were the first New York team to win at the UBS Arena. (laughs) And I pissed off a hockey fan on on Monday night, so that made my night as well. And you know, I, I, there was no lies detected. No, you they know? have not yet won a game. So, no, not yet. But not yet. Liv Morgan brought up Becky Lynch crying about Charlotte Flair after Survivor Series. It was like a, an online exclusive interview or whatever, and she got pissed about that and said that she had an offer for Liv Morgan, and then it was a five-on-five team Liv versus team Becky. Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, um, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki A.S.H. versus Becky Lynch, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Dewdrop, and Tamina. I thought both of them in this segment had great mic work. I agree with you. I thought that the mic work was really good. And it got you really pumped up for uh, just for everything that was taking place at the time. Uh, do I necessarily uh, think that Liv Morgan next week will be winning the, the title? No. no. Do I think it should be taking place next week? Not really. But maybe that'll give us some sort of unfinished business and she'll win it on uh, at day one. Uh, I don't know. I don't I'm know. here for Liv Morgan as Raw Champion, so. Hey, I hope so too. But, yeah, I hope so. Next up, you had RK Bro pick up the victory over the Dirty Dogs to retain the tag team championships. Um, this match, I don't know. I can't. I, every match that I see with the Dirty Dogs, I just, I don't know. I can't get into it. I think because of how underappreciated they seem. The well, both you of you not getting into it makes you underappreciating them. 
No, maybe I yeah, overappreciate them. <laughs> maybe I overappreciate them. But I just can't I can't get into watching uh watching it. There were some spots in this that I legitimately thought Dolph Ziggler was was going to be winning the titles then. No way. Dude, there was 100% there were definitely and and they've been having like what they've been doing with RK Bro backstage where Randy Orton's pissed off at Riddle all the time and yeah. Riddle's always trying to be like the fun guy. I thought for sure we might be seeing new tag team champions on Monday. And I was going to be shocked if we if we did, but mm-hmm. I thought we saw a really nice roll through to the uh the RKO that with with Ziggler. Yeah, with the uh, Ziggler's Which, move, yeah. For me it was a fun match. I guess you felt otherwise. Yeah. After that, Edge came out, returned to uh, Monday Night Raw, and he went over the people that he could wrestle next. And Miz and Maurice made their return to Monday Night Raw, which I popped for. And this, I thought, was a good segment, although somebody pointed out that it was almost like a uh, shot-for-shot remake of MJF and CM Punk on Dynamite last week. I could see it being a shot-for-shot. <laughs> I could I could see that, you know. But... but- Edge put Miz over, and without saying it, Edge brought up CM Punk calling MJF a ripoff of Miz, so... Yeah, it was very weird seeing that uh, brought up. Um, well, yeah, mean, how could they? it I was mean, like about... Know. Should they have not? I don't know. Yeah, what's your take? Because you always bash AEW every time they make a play towards WWE in that no, no, manner. No. Because they do it in a negative manner. And why this was not a negative manner. This was no, no. They, they don't always. Saying, they don't always do it in a negative manner. Yes, there's been, there's they been always for no, the most part. They always do. If it's not a negative manner, then I don't mind it. There's been positive. When times Daniel where Bryan brought up WrestleMania 30 the other week, I thought it was great and I was all about it. So it's not. I don't know. When it's they, there's been times where they've thing. mentioned the history in, in WWE and you not being a fan of because it. Because I don't think history cheap. like that should be mentioned. That's you not thinking that it was that's cheap. not a thing. It's so not cheap. That's not I don't. I, you're not. That's not what I think at all. I don't know. I think that. I think that that's kind of uh, hypocritical. No, you're not even saying what it is correct. So I don't know. But that did take place with Edge. Yeah, and, and Edge challenged the Miz, and Miz ends up saying no, just like MJF did. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping we get to see Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. <sighs> I mean, we do have Beth Phoenix stepping away from NXT. Yeah, she announced that War uh, Games is going to be her final night on commentary. So maybe we could actually end up seeing that. I mean, as soon as Miz and Maurice cut Edge off, I was like, instantly, I want to see that match. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I I don't care. It doesn't make a difference. After that, AJ Styles spoke to the Street Profits. Uh, stro- spoke spoke to uh, to about the Street Profits. Jesus Christ, <laughs> about them spraying the fire extinguisher last week in his eyes. He was quote unquote blinded, and uh, he promised that they'll get burned. And then almost walked into a wall, which I thought was funny. But the actual match took place. Street Profits picked up the victory over Alpha Academy. AJ Styles and Omos were out there for this match, and AJ Styles got up on the ring apron. Montez Ford kicked him down, and 
still ends up pushing Gable and hitting the frog splash to pick up the victory. But almost was disappointed that AJ Styles, I guess, tricked him. Because almost actually thought AJ Styles was blind. Um, you know, don't 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 blame him. He's he's not so smart. So it seems but like uh, I'm. It seems like they're coming to an end. Yeah, that's what I don't want to see at all. That sucks. I thought you wanted AJ Styles on his own. No, no, no. I don't mind them on their own, but the pairing of almost and AJ, I do enjoy a lot. Well, after that, Damian Priest picked up the victory over Apollo Crews to retain the U.S. Championship. Uh, Commander Aziz got involved behind the referee's back and ended up getting ejected. But yeah, this match only showed me how talented Apollo Crews is. You know, even still, Apollo Crews is so talented. Yeah, and but that, underrated. That spot, Priest got fired up, kicked the absolute hell out of Apollo Crews. Beat the heck out of him. And then Priest hit that dope sit-down choke slam that he hit last week, but he pulled him literally from the apron into the ring while doing it this time, which I thought was even cooler. Hmm. After that, the Mysterios picked up the victory over the Hurt Business in a super short match. I did enjoy the stuff that they did in the match, but I want more for the Hurt Business. I don't know. And it's... they keep airing this. They aired it on, on uh, the pay-per-view Survivor Series, and they aired it on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, like, babyface video package for Bobby Lashley. So I don't know if the Hurt Business is going to be done again. It doesn't make... What? I don't know. The Hurt Business has never been something for me to enjoy, uh, especially at the current time. What? Uh, You've always said how much of a fan you were. Back then, but since they got put well, together. Oh, yeah, since and, they got back together, it's been a waste. But Yeah. And, and we haven't since, really seen the actual Hurt business. Yeah, and it, it got totally destroyed. And the storylines, the unfinished storylines and plots that they had going, it really, uh, I'm not a fan. Yeah. So, hopefully we see more with Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. After that, Team Liv picked up the victory over Team Becky. I hated this match. Wow. Kind Why? Of. What did you hate like, about it? Well, first off, like I, I didn't hate this, but I thought it was odd that Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch started it. Considering yeah, usually... they have their match next week. Yeah, and usually when they have a match upcoming like that, they don't have it um, sp- like done that early on. Like they'll have a tease. Like maybe Becky should have tagged in someone. Yeah, but I, again, off. I didn't dislike that. It was just odd to me. But the match itself got pretty goofy, where the referee lost all control, and then he finally gets it back, loses all control again. It was a very weird match, and with the way it was booked, I don't think it should have been two commercial breaks. Yeah, it was a bit long. They brawled afterwards, and then we got another Rock-Eddie Guerrero reversal with Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch with the manhandle slam and the arm drag. And then she hit the Oblivion on Becky Lynch, so that 
pretty much says to me that she's not winning the championship next week. Yeah, un- unfortunately, it's not going to happen next week. I had high hopes for that match, but... Yeah, I just can't... I don't know. I, I feel like any time that they do it on a Raw or something, it's just, I don't know, not going to happen. Not well, happen. throughout but... the night, Mr. McMahon had Austin Theory in his office to, I guess, mentor and teach him some things. And I thought it was cool to have Vince McMahon on the first WWE show at the UBS Arena because he was on the quote-unquote last show at the Coliseum. Really? And uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been back since they had the last show at the Coliseum, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was cool because if they're going to be traveling to this venue more often, then you want Vince McMahon maybe attached to it somehow. Yeah, a little bit more. So he had Austin Theory sit in his office for the whole show so they could watch it together. And he also told him that he'd ever that if he ever stole the egg or stole anything from him again, he would kill him, which I thought was funny. He'd kill him. But throughout the whole night, we saw him, like, after the Street Profits match, he tried to teach a lesson. After Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan, he tried to teach a lesson. And then Vince kept pushing surprise. Expect the unexpected. And I thought for sure we were going to be seeing Austin Theory cost Biggie the the match here. Because I that was, thought kept being pushed, but it, it yeah, they kept on doing Vince, that. It ended with Vince slapping the hell out of Austin Theory. Yeah, I was surprised by that too because, like, he kept on saying that, and you're expecting something big to happen from that. Expect the unexpected. That's like huge with pro wrestling, and then like there was really no sell on that. Yeah, well, or I no mean, the, the, the whole selling point was the slap, so he's still. Yeah, that is the unexpected. Yeah, but still, not really unexpected that you wanted to see. But I, next, I didn't uh, expect the slap, so yeah. none of us expected the unexpected. Yeah, it's true, true. But next up in the main event of the evening, Kevin Owens picked up the victory over Big E via disqualification thanks to uh, Seth Rollins not controlling his emotions. Yeah, with Seth Rollins on commentary, I liked him cheering on Big E because he knew... He didn't want a triple threat at day one, so I thought that was good. Kevin Owens, though, slapped the heck out of Seth Rollins. And Seth had to, like, just hold off, not do anything, because obviously KO would get the the win via disqualification. But later on, Kevin Owens attacked Seth Rollins, and Rollins couldn't take it anymore and caused a DQ. As far as the match, yeah. I thought it was decent. I liked when Kevin Owens got his knees up for the the splash that Big E was doing. And then Big E got his knees up for the senton that Kevin Owens followed that up with. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little exchange. But afterwards, Big E questioned Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins hit him with the super kick and a stomp. I thought it was a good way to end Monday Night Raw. Yeah. You know, it was a hot ending. And what's your take with everything with Kevin Owens? I kind of, I hate to say it, but I feel like they're trying to give him a little bit of like a, I don't know, stay on his good side, even though he's not sticking around, I think. Maybe January 1st, 2022 is a new WWE champion, Kevin Owens. I I see Kevin Owens jumping ship to Impact or AEW. He's 100%. I, no way in hell is would he going to be going to Impact. 
well, maybe AEW. I, I just don't see There's him. no maybe. If he's leaving WWE, there's no way yeah, he's going to anywhere AEW. but AEW. In, in that case, I definitely I see him leaving because with the underusage of him, and right now I feel like they're just trying to cater to him to kind of be like, hey, see, we'll use you. It's okay. You're in the championship scene right now. Uh, stay with us. We promise you everything, and I feel like he's not going to resign. Well, we shall see. Yeah, but... NXT kicked off with the the women's war games teams brawling, leading into the first match, which was Kaylee Ray picking up the victory over Dakota Kai in a war games advantage ladder match. This match was awesome, and I like that it started off like super hot right away. Yeah, with that it, brawl and then the match. I thought yeah. the the reverse. I don't know what to call it, like a reverse swinging neckbreaker that Dakota Kai did onto the steps was cool. Mm-hmm. The double stop that she did when Kaylee Ray was caught up in the the ropes, I thought awesome. was nice. And uh, then she did one off the ladder too. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of the finish where Kaylee Ray had, uh, yeah, Kaylee Ray had her. Wait, was it Kaylee Ray? No, yeah, Dakota she, Kai she pulled. No, she pulled Dakota Kai through the ladder. Run. Yeah, yeah, and Dakota Kai like just her head going uh, falling down and everything. I thought that was just a really cool spot. Yeah, and Kaylee Ray was able to get that advantage for their War Games team. Yeah, we and saw then, backstage the the grizzled young veterans trying to be quiet, and Jacket Time came in yelling, and everybody shushed everybody, and then Briggs and Jensen showed up and they ran off, so they were clearly doing something to their locker or something. Yeah, some like shenanigans. We saw Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Andre Chase. It was a decent match. There was nothing like too exciting. It was just yeah. like a warm-up match for war games. The The bigger thing to mention from this was Duke Hudson coming out afterwards to basically taunt him on the mic and show off Photoshop pictures of Cameron Grimes with a haircut. And Not too shabby. Cameron, Is it something that you would consider? If what? Sha- shaving my head? Yeah, bald? kind of like, yeah, like no. in that Photoshop area, you don't think? Those Photoshop pictures were really well done. <laughs> they really they, were like how did they remove a beard from his face they were they were but cameron grimes goes to shave andre chase's hair and a student saved him so he lucked out there yeah after that we saw msk arrive at their destination where they did meet the shaman but we only saw a figure in light we don't know who it is yet it's i'm still gonna be very surprised if it's not rob van Dam. Uh, it does make sense. Isn't there rumors of Katie Forb signing or has signed with WWE? What? Is that a shoot? Yeah. I, I thought I saw that. I thought I saw that she was in talks with them. I hope not. So, I mean, maybe that would make sense then if that <laughs> happened. I hope that's not a thing, though. There's no way. There's no way she could do her her gimmick on WWE programming. There's no way. I'll be honest. I don't even know her gimmick. Her gimmick? She twerks on... Oh, well, no. no, You don't have to describe any more. Yeah, that wouldn't be good for... Impact got banned, I think, twice off of Twitch because of segments with her. (laughs) I think that is... uh, That says a lot about... (laughs) So she crashed them. Okay. Yeah, but after that, we saw <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner pick up the victory over Legato Del Fantasma to become number one contenders. Again, this was like a decent match uh, with nothing really big 
happening in it. Yeah. Just it, Zion Quinn came out during it to, to stare at Electra Lopez, and then Zion Quinn attacked Santos Escobar. Yeah, not, nothing... I liked, I like the frequent the frequent tags from Legado del Fantasma. I thought that was good. Oh yeah, that's like a huge. I don't know. Anytime that I see a tag team, that's kind. That's exactly what I like to see. The frequent tags. Somebody that used to do that amazingly. The accession. Yes. I think that that's one of the. I think that that was something that was very underrated with the ascension. Is those those frequent tags? You know. Yeah. And I, but I think the writing was on the wall with who was winning this match. They've been building up Kyle O'Reilly. They've been building up Von Wagner as a tag team. Yeah, I agree. They ended up confronting Imperium afterwards. So that we're going to be seeing at War Games. Yeah. Uh, after this, though. Was... Also, I've, uh, Electra Lopez confronted Zion Quinn later. And she yeah. wished him luck in his match against Santos Escobar next week. So makes you wonder what's going to happen. Maybe, yeah, maybe she'll be turning on Legado del Fantasma or something. I don't know. Maybe he maybe. ends up joining Legado. I have no idea. Very possible. Next we up, you had Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton, uh, Big Net. Yeah. Her dad is super rich. Her dad <laughs> is, uh, spoiler, it's Cameron Grimes. Yeah, right. That's that's another definition of dad there, huh? <laughs> but uh, after that, we had the Joe Gacy All-Inclusive Invitational, where there's no height requirements, no weight requirements, no gender requirements. And uh, the first match that he had, Joe Gacy picked up the victory over Vinny Pacifico, who I don't think was even named in the match. And before he wrestled Tesha Price... And a big dude, I guess he goes by M.I.G. on the indies. Malcolm Bivens cuts it off, and Roderick Strong attacked Joe Gacy, which is super disappointing because I was looking forward to seeing an intergender match. Mm -hmm. I should have figured that was going to happen. Yeah. But that's build up for War Games as well. Earlier Um, in the night, we saw a video package on Idris Enofi, who... Spoke about how he's always had doubters. He served in the military. He's proving his doubters wrong. And he's going up against Solo Sokoa. And he did uh, not prove his haters wrong. Uh, right. Solo Sokoa picked up the victory. We also, before the match, Solo was talking about the, the upcoming match. And Boa interrupted it. Yes, yeah. And and Solo didn't know what he was saying. Because they don't speak the same language, I guess. But he seemed to be in pain. And the match I thought was going pretty good. Robert Stone was ringside. And Alfie was pretty impressive, I'd say. I thought he was, he held his own. I thought he was good. Yeah, but Boa came out and attacked Sokoa afterwards. And Anofi tried to help him out. Boa left before Sokoa could attack him. But I don't know. This is odd. I don't know. We're, yeah. we're definitely not going to be seeing Mei Ying anymore, I don't think. Yeah, I think Mei Ying is uh, done. And, and that leads into the next segment, even. Yeah, it's true. Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell backstage. Indy got a, a call from the doctor saying that Loomis is gone from the hospital. So it's like, is she going to be all focused for her match? Nobody knows. However, for a few weeks now, there's been somebody sleeping in the background of segments. And... 
it's not mentioned on the show. People have been speculating that it's Karen Q. Uh-huh. Her new name will be. So I don't know how you go from being Mei Ying to being somebody who's sleeping on a couch. Like, I don't know. What, huh. what kind of gimmick is that? I have no idea. Was Mei Ying a dream? I don't know. It was all a dream. Was Mei Ying somebody that possessed her and now she's unpossessed? How will they spin this one? Or will we not even yeah, be meant, will we not even like know that that's who it was? Yeah, most likely it's not even going to be uh anything. But the match itself, Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell picked up the victory over Valentina Faraz and Yulisa Leon. This as short as it was, obviously uh Indy Hartwell was distracted. I liked a lot in this match. Like the the drop kick from the middle rope that Leon hit was really nice, as well as the the standing moonsault with the little dance that she did before it. Mm-hmm. Parada basically won the match for the team. So I wonder if she's gonna end up splitting from Indy Hartwell. Uh... Because Indy's always too distracted. I, I don't know. I don't know. I hope not because it makes Parada very relevant. I mean, without Hartwell, what is Parada? I mean, she's been making. She won those matches by herself, two on one, and everything. She's super strong. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Definitely a contender somewhere. Yeah. After that, we aired. They aired a uh, Draco Anthony vignette. Saying, I'm not what NXT wants, I'm what it needs. He was in an empty IHOP or something. I I don't know what this was. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, but earlier in the night, NXT 2.0, uh, the War Games team, they all cut promos on the black and gold team. Each a unique promo, and I thought each of them were pretty good. But it was announced that Johnny Gargano won the poll and Braun Breaker won the poll as well, which I popped because that's the team I voted for. Not team, (laughs) the the two competitors. Yeah. But Gargano came out to speak to them. He called Braun Breaker the big bad booty nephew, which (laughs) popped the internet. And he said, I'm out here alone. Why not leave your team in the back for the ladder match? And Breaker agreed it leads to Braun Breaker picking up the victory over Johnny Gargano in the War Games Advantage ladder match. Uh, this match wasn't really what I was hoping for. Yeah, definitely. It. it didn't deliver as much as it I was hoping. It wasn't bad. No. But I was super pumped up because, like I said, I voted for each of them. Mm-hmm. It just Do you think that your vote like, actually mattered? Of course. What do you mean? Gargano got in and Braun Breaker got in. Yeah. But Breaker carrying Johnny Gargano on top of the ladder I thought was cool. Maybe something we could see during the War Games match. Uh, We did get a Frankensteiner. But they both went to the top of the ladder and it seemed like it was Johnny's match to win. Because Breaker fell off the ladder. But he got up, he yanked Gargano off that ladder and caught him with the power slam, which I thought was cool. And he went up, climbed the ladder, won, and then... 2.0 2.0 came out to celebrate. Black and gold came down to brawl. I don't know. I if, if, For me, that's a better 
they did a better job with War Games build than WWE did with Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is definitely a the farewell of Gargano. Uh, I you can't say that. That's not a thing. Yeah. No, we I don't mean, know that yet. He he signed a contract for a week. But we don't know if he's gonna like putting over Breaker. Dude, like if this. he shows up in AEW after that contract is over, I'm gonna be so disappointed that he didn't just extend it by like a day or so. Why? And didn't show up at UBS. <laughs> Why? Why not? Why would I not want to be there for Johnny Gargano's debut in AEW? I don't know. At a hundred percent. But War Games is taking place this Sunday at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. We have a hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes taking on Duke Hudson. I think it's safe to say Cameron Grimes is losing this, no? Yeah, I think Hudson's going to pick up the victory. For the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, even though Joe Gacy is not in the limits of 205 Live, Roderick Strong has agreed to it. He's putting that title on the line to face him. Could we see the end of the Cruiserweight Championship? I don't think we're going to see the end of it. I don't think so. Like, I feel like we could actually see Joe Gacy win this and make it like the all-inclusive championship or something like that. That would be interesting. So I'm going with Joe Gacy here. Um, I think that I think that Joe Gacy is going to win, but I don't know if I see the change of the cruiserweight. Well, he's not a cruiserweight, so it's got to change. I mean, Disco Inferno wasn't a cruiserweight. Well, how not? I don't know. I, I, I don't think know what the it. WCW terms for cruiserweight was. Yeah, I think that was the entire thing where he kept on missing weight. Um, I don't know. I don't. I could see Gacy winning, but I don't see the cruiserweight changing. Even though with everything that happened with like them releasing everybody from two hundred five. You might as well just change the Cruiserweight Championship to something else now. Hmm. Memories. Then for the NXT Tag Team Championships, you have Imperium taking on Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Imperium. I, you know what, though? KOR, AEW. With the way that they've been doing stuff with... No, because isn't there a rumor that Kyle O'Reilly signed on? I didn't see that. I don't know. I can't speak about rumors here. So, But I feel like Imperium is going to lose this, making it a really short title reign. Nah. They just won it in October. I, I, I Havoc. I think Imperium's going to win. Well, we have the Women's War Games match. Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray. Taking on Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction. This one's tough to call. I'm going with my uh, my faves. Going with Toxic Attraction. I'm going with the face team. Oh. Men's War Games match. Team Black and Gold. Taking on Team 2.0. I'm going to go with the people that are still going to be under contract in about two years. <laughs> I'm going DIY with team and Pete Dunne, L.A. Knight, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo. I think it's really difficult to say Team 2.0, though. They got the advantage. Is it, though? I mean, yes, Kaylee Ray got the advantage, and I'm going with their team. But 
I'm saying black and gold, brother. I'm sorry. I'm going with the with the roster that's going to be around in two years. I'm going with the youngsters. Well, 2.0. it's still, like I said the other week, blows my mind that L.A. Knight made it onto the old school team. I still, I've been meaning to look up a picture of him from, like, it was the, Old I think it was called, play. like, the Sa- Sasha's Crew or something with a K. I remember, like, Sasha was with Charlotte in Summer Ray, right? Yeah, that that was the, when they were Ratchet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The best friends or whatever they were called. I think, you'll definitely agree with me. I still think that Summer Ray was not done right. No. But that's a horse of a different color. Or, yes, I do agree with you. Yeah. But that's NXT War Games. NXT UK, it had a, uh, a championship match to open it up. Mako Satamora picked up the victory over Zaya Brookside. And commentary brought up Mandy Rose maybe watching this match. So maybe they're planting seeds for Worlds Collide in 2022. I know we didn't get it this year. We had it in 2020. You but think? I mean... Why would they randomly mention Mandy Rose? She's the champion of NXT. Mako Satamore is the champion of NXT UK. Could that just be a throwaway commentary line? Yes, but yeah, part of me thinks that it's not. But I enjoyed uh-huh. this match. Maybe we're going to get more of a heelish Brookside. I, don't, I still don't understand why they're changing her character, but I'm all for it here. Later on, Mako Satomura was uh, backstage, said that she was going back to Japan for a little while. And Blair Davenport interrupted to ask Millie McKenzie what she's going to be doing without her protection. And then laid out a challenge, so that match will be taking place next week. We saw a very, very, very nice vignette with Charlie Dempsey, Rohan Raja, and Tio Man, who was on the phone. This was shot like a movie. Like a legitimate movie. Like I would watch this movie on HBO Max or something like that. And they're now just going to be in a group known as, um, was it D-Familia? I forgot. So I think that's pretty cool. People are sleeping on NXT UK. Next match, Saxon Huxley picked up the victory over Kenny Williams. We saw Subculture's music and entrance stuff hit during the match, which distracted Kenny Williams. And then Huxley was able to take advantage of that and pick up the victory. I feel like it's a rare victory for Saxon these days. But the main event saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Rampage Brown to retain the NXT UK Championship via ref stoppage. I thought the match was decent, but... The, the biggest part of this, Ilya Dragunov kicked Rampage Brown at one point and the match was literally stopped. And I don't know how badly Rampage Brown is injured. Hopefully it's not like super bad. Yeah. Or or at all. I mean, the, that's what the, the internet articles are saying, that it was like a severe injury. I don't know how severe it is, though. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about it. So hopefully he's all right. I know uh, they also said Mark Andrews was injured. He broke his collarbone. So hopefully he's all right as well. But that's NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. Brock Lesnar made his return, uh, basically saying that he's at SmackDown for the Universal Championship, and he gets cut off by Sami Zayn, who is now the number one contender. 
Uh, and Brock Lesnar was like, I have no idea who you are. Sammy said once he defeats Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at day one, he's going to give Brock Lesnar a title shot. And then Brock tried to talk Sami Zayn into basically facing Roman Reigns at SmackDown. And Sammy said no, but then Brock Lesnar twisted his arm and basically made him. And I thought it was a really good opening segment. It led into a backstage segment where Sami Zayn was speaking to Sonya Deville. Adam Pearce wasn't there yet. And he was trying to back out of it, but Brock Lesnar showed up behind him. And she made the match official. First match on SmackDown saw Sasha Banks pick up the victory over Sonya Deville. I was hoping to see Team Bad again, but they did not have that match. They did air a video package before the match for Shayna Baszler that included her stomping Nia Jax and Eva Maria's arms in the steel steps. And when they came back from the video package, Pat McAfee called it the future Endeavors kick. I'm not really sure he should have called it that, but uh, it's like an iffy thing to say. It's like when Edge brought up John Morrison's release in his promo on Monday Night Raw. But as far as the match goes, I thought it was decent. I liked how Shayna Baszler locked Sasha Banks in the Kirifuda clutch from the reversal. I also like Sasha Banks reversing the gut wrench with a Hurricane Rana pin. I feel like we don't really see something like that. But after that, Drew McIntyre questioned Sonya Deville about the Black Friday Battle Royal and how he was left out of it. And then basically gave Adam Pearce a warning and it led into Happy Talk where Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss brought up Jeff Hardy losing the match last week and they made fun of Drew McIntyre for not even being in the match. And then McIntyre came out. Madcap tries to stop him, but... Jeff Hardy shows up from behind, hits Baron uh, Happy Corbin with a twist of fate. Madcap runs in to make the save, but also gets hit with a twist of fate. And then he ate a Claymore. So we are still seeing Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy somewhat like tag. Which is kind of weird, but uh, whatever. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm fine with it. We also find out that. Zia Lee is finally debuting next week, so I'm looking forward to that. We saw Los Lotharios pick up the victory over the Viking Raiders. Rick Boogs played guitar during this, and I think Angel Garza should have been disqualified for being in the ring too long, but it's probably because the distraction spot took too long. But Eric ends up hitting Angel Garza during the guitar spot, and he got rolled up by Umberto to lose. They confronted... Shinsuke and Rick Boogs afterwards and then they were like perfectly fine because Boogs started playing their theme song so that kind of sucked I like both teams but I don't think either team should be losing and should they have been fine after that no after that though we saw the Usos speak about Sami Zayn challenging Roman Reigns to the WWE Universal Championship They spoke about Brock Lesnar, and Jey Uso said that he's going to beat Xavier Woods. Woods came out and brought out Kofi Kingston making his return. Xavier Woods then picks up the victory over Jey Uso via disqualification because Jimmy got involved. Kofi Kingston made the save, 
And then New Day beat Jimmy down until the Usos got away and retreated. Roman Reigns backstage looked pissed off, but Kofi Kingston threatened to take the tag team championships from the Usos at day one. So that looks to be another match taking place on the 1st of January. Early in the night, we saw Tony Storm interviewed backstage where she spoke about the pie incident from last week. She spoke about Charlotte. I still can't get over the fact that they just had her do nothing after getting pied twice last week. But she wants the title, and Charlotte came out to speak about Tony Storm and how the only way that she can get noticed is by challenging Charlotte Flair. And then she declined Tony's challenge. And then Tony showed up from behind and pied Charlotte in the face. And I kind of dislike the fact that this feud is about pie. I think Tony Storm is a lot better than something like that. After that, Sheamus picked up the victory over Cesaro. I fully expected Cesaro to win this. But it was a super quick match, and I wish that it got a good like 15 minutes or something like that. I thought this was going to be like the match of the night, but it... Uh... It wasn't. After that, Naomi confronted Sonya Deville backstage and asked her for a one-on-one match. Just her, nobody else. And she agreed, but only when she decides to return to wrestling, I guess. She said when she's wearing the suit, obviously she can't touch her. She's the official. And she she agreed to the match. Sonya Deville slaps the ever-loving heck out of Naomi. And obviously Naomi at that moment can't do anything because she's in the suit. And then they, I guess, made it official for next week. I thought maybe you could build it up a little bit more, but maybe the match isn't taking place. We've seen that before. Main event saw Roman Reigns pick up the victory over Sami Zayn to retain the Universal Championship. Before the match, Sami Zayn told Brock Lesnar that he'd probably have an easier time beating him at day one than Roman Reigns. And then Brock ended up suplexing Sami Zayn a bunch of times, hit him with an F5, and then the crowd was chanting for one more, so Brock obliged. And then he picked him up, propped him against the corner for his match, and the actual match was literally a spear and a a guillotine. Maybe 20 seconds. So that only adds to the conspiracy theory for Sami Zayn. He basically got screwed out of a championship match here. How the referee let the match happen is bizarre. But that's SmackDown. Going to take a quick break right now. You'll hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium, 
I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Cause we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 565. Remember to head over to manscaped.com, use the code REGARDLESS, get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Going to move over to AEW Rampage from last week, which kicked off with the Undisputed Era, picking up the victory over the best friends. I liked Adam Cole stopping Orange Cassidy from doing the pockets gimmick so that he can do the Adam Cole baby gimmick. But that was a big part of the match. And he finally got his hands in his pockets to do it to both Bobby Fish and Adam Cole. He even got a a double Hurricane Rana on both of them. Uh, Really, the only thing that I didn't like from this, I I really hated Adam Cole hitting the flying knee to Orange Cassidy into a pin for Bobby Fish to then get turned into a knee bar. Because the referee had not a care in the world that Adam Cole and Wheeler Yuta were in the ring. Fish won eventually with an avalanche falcon arrow, which was dope. But outside that one spot, I, I enjoyed the match. Tony Nice was interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and he's been scouting the competition. He brought up the TNT Championship, and Sammy Guevara cuts him off, which sets off Uh, Sets up a match um, for the TNT Championship on Rampage. After that, Riho defeated Britt Baker in a Black Friday deal match because it was Black Friday. She now gets an actual title shot against Britt Baker. This stems from months ago when Riho wasn't eliminated from a battle royal, but they said she was. I don't know why they would continue this, but... I thought this was going to be a street fight when they announced it. I'm not sure why I thought that. But it was a decent match. Britt Baker went for the Fisherman Neckbreaker. And Rio uh, reversed it with maybe a modified SOS. More of a pin instead of like an impact move that Kofi Kingston would do. But it was a decent match. Main event saw Eddie Kingston pick up the victory over Daniel Garcia. Now, I guess... Eddie Kingston's back to being a face. 
I know people said that he was a tweener, but prior to CM Punk, that he's like to me undeniably he was a a, a gigantic babyface. He was one of the most cheered people in the company and didn't act like a heel. So, but this match was good. I wish Daniel Garcia won. After the match, 2.0 jumped Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho made the save. And I will speak more about that when I move over to Dynamite, which opens up Hangman Adam Page uh, comes over to commentary. He's filling in this week for Jim Ross or uh, for a segment. They're, They're having a bunch of wrestlers fill in for a segment or so while Jim Ross unfortunately has to battle skin cancer. So hopefully he gets better soon. But the first match that we saw, Brian Danielson picked up the victory over Allen Angels. We had some showcase spots for Angels, but it was predominantly Brian controlling the match. And instead of ending the match, he chose to cause more pain. And he finally wins the match with a knee bar. Tony Schiavone interviews him afterwards and announced that he's facing Hangman Adam Page in two weeks, where it was announced prior to Dynamite. And it leads into a segment. Obviously, he's been trying to go after the Dark Order, and he's got an opponent from Long Island that's going to be John Silver, so I'm very happy that I'll be seeing that. Um, We saw a Miro vignette where he was on a giant white screen as if he was in the opening for Clarissa Explains It All. (laughs) And he's pissed at his God. Everyone's saying these segments are so great, but I don't... Like, what am I waiting for here? Who is his God? CM Punk picked up the victory over Lee Moriarty. MJF was on commentary, saying how the match should have been shorter. And how CM Punk should have been able to defeat an opponent like Lee Moriarty a lot quicker than he did. And I definitely agree with that. I know right now it's storyline, but most of these matches are pretty much what MJF said. The match itself I thought was pretty decent. Lee Moriarty I think has a great future in AEW if maybe there's some sort of storyline for him. If uh, he keeps wrestling weekly on AEW Dynamite. The majority of this uh, just sets up for the aftermath where MJF spoke to CM Punk and spoke about how he struggled to defeat QT Marshall, how he struggled to defeat Lee Moriarty. And then CM Punk challenged him to get into the ring. MJF basically says no. And then I I believe he's going to be in the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale next week. So maybe CM Punk will cost him the ring. Or maybe he's not even going to be in it. I have no idea. They didn't announce who exactly is going to be in it. But Wardlow stopped CM Punk from getting in MJF's face. After MJF spoke about putting CM Punk's dog to sleep. He also mentioned Britt Baker in this. Which to me made no sense. I don't know if there's like rumors or anything that. CM Punk was cheating or trying to cheat with Britt Baker. I have no clue what the hell that was. I did not understand that at all. But I was hoping to see CM Punk versus MJF, and that does not seem likely. After that, Britt Baker was interviewed, 
She was obviously pissed that she has Riho and that Riho defeated her on Rampage. And then there was just more arguing between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker next week on Dynamite in uh, the UBS arena. Jamie Hayter's taking on Riho. After that, Adam Cole came out for commentary. And then Orange Cassidy came out and they went face to face. I wasn't sure if Orange Cassidy had a match or not or if he was just coming out to taunt Adam Cole. But the Young Bucks somehow sneak behind Orange Cassidy. He turns around, did the the Orange Cassidy kicks on him. And then Adam Cole low blows him. They do the gimmick super kicks like Orange Cassidy would do. And then hit him with an actual super kick. They're supposed to be still injured. The three of them went to do something, but the best friends chased them off. And this segment, I mean, the crowd was dead the whole night. But this segment fell flat. After that, Wardlow picked up the victory over AC Adams. I don't know why this didn't take place when Wardlow was out like 10 minutes ago. Like, why did we need that Adam Cole segment? He went to the ring to do his taunt for commentary. They did that with CM Punk too. Why, like, why waste time with that? But Wardlow, this match was literally four power bombs. Sean Spears attacked him with a chair afterwards for some reason. And then nobody even cared about this dude. <laughs> and then after that, we went backstage. Fenix is apparently not able to travel. So their match on Rampage was now changed to Penta and Pac versus FTR. I don't know. I mean, by the time this show is out, the Triple Mania show is going to already take place. But I don't know if that means FTR versus Lucha Bros won't take place there. Because they're supposed to be defending the AAA championships on Saturday. After that, Sting and Darby Allen picked up the victory of the Gun Club. It's been six years since we've seen Sting and Billy Gunn in the ring together. If I was there live, I would have wanted to see it. But on TV, man, I, I think for me, this was Sting's worst AEW match. He had the Scorpion Deathlock on... Uh, uh, Colton Gunn, I believe, at one point. Billy Gunn distracts the referee. Austin gets in the ring. Behind the referee's back, Billy hits a famouser. And then Sting eventually hits the the death, the Scorpion death drop and, and picks up the victory. Why, both teams undefeated, but why is Sting picking up a victory over Colton? They had this huge buildup for a few weeks now about the gun club being undefeated why are you putting them against another undefeated team only to lose to sting after that chris jericho was interviewed backstage about why he helped eddie kingston and he said it wasn't about eddie kingston it was really about 2.0 and then 2.0 and daniel garcia attack him they knocked him out with a chair And I guess this is going to take Chris Jericho off TV for a month or so. He's touring the UK with Fozzie, which is definitely unfortunate. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing Chris Jericho next week. 
After that, Leo Rush came out to talk to Taz, who was on commentary. And Taz was just saying that they have the numbers for the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale. Um, at this point, though, the way that it's set up, like, I don't know if MJF is in it, like I said before. But if he's not, I'd be surprised if Leo Rush lost this. Dante Martin came out also. Him turning heel still makes me, like, so confused. It... For me, it doesn't fit at all. After that, Ruby Soho picked up the victory over Chris Statlander to advance in the TBS title tournament. The crowd did not... It literally... It was brutal watching this match with a a full crowd there. If a pin dropped, you probably would have heard it. And I just have to reiterate, the whole night the crowd sucked. Sting had not been wrestling in Atlanta in like 14 years and the crowd did not even care it made no sense and it's not even like this match sucked I liked this match Statlander and Soho put on a really good match here the crowd was just awful but I liked Chris Statlander hit that really nice blue thunder bomb she goes for her finisher, the Big Bang Theory, and Ruby Soho rolled through it to, to pick up that victory, move on in the tournament. Vicky Guerrero came out and got in Chris Statlander's face after the match, and Nyla Rose ended up being in the ring and knocked Ruby Soho down off the turnbuckle while she was celebrating her victory, and then Statlander ran down to chase Nyla Rose off. Main event was a goddamn doozy. Cody Rhodes picked up the victory over Andrade in an Atlanta street fight. It starts off Andrade attacking Cody during his entrance, which is fine. Arn Anderson unfortunately fell off the stage. I think that's like the second time that happened with Arn. He fell off the ring apron, I believe, once other, another time. But T-Pain ended up being ringside because he's going to be a judge on the Go Home Show. Or what is it called? The Go Big Show? and he ends up giving Cody a chair and I'm fine with that sort of involvement with a celebrity I don't mind that I like the fact that T-Pain was there I like T-Pain but this match they missed a a few spots looked wonky to me it was a mess Cody we saw him pull out a sledgehammer throws it to the ground and then goes back under the ring only to pick up a gold shovel I really wish they would stop doing this, like, these WWE digs. Maybe they were edgy two years ago. But now it's just, like, every single show, almost. Brandy shows up with a mask on. I don't think she needed to be disguised for this, but she poured lighter fluid all over a table, lights it on fire, and then Cody proceeds to hit a reverse suplex off the top rope where he was the only person who went through the actual table. And while he was still on fire, he pinned Andrade and won. So Cody goes through a flaming table, catches fire, and still ends up the victor. How that makes any sense, I have no idea. 
But the whole match, Cody had what looked like skin peeling off his back. So maybe it was actually some sort of protective like back gimmick for fire. I know the first time it was brought up was when Andrade and Cody were in the crowd and uh, they used an active garbage can, which I think is absolutely disgusting in COVID. But uh, that's when it was first noticed by me at least and brought up by commentary. So maybe it was ointment. Maybe they practiced it earlier in the day and it was actually just skin peeling. I have absolutely no idea. Also, using an active garbage can, like, without even it being COVID, I think it's disgusting. So, with it being still COVID out, I think it's even worse. Uh, But hopefully Andrade's eyes are okay. It looked like he took a pretty bad part of that suplex with his eyes. It looked pretty close to the fire. Hopefully Cody's okay. The referee didn't even seem to care that Cody was on fire while he was pitting him. He didn't seem to care that the table was on fire in the ring. There was no ringside crew to put it out. After Cody won, the referee stomped the the table. This was, for me, this was one of the worst episodes of Dynamite. I didn't like that at all. And I sincerely hope that next week is so much better. I truly do. But that is AEW. The big Debbie Downer uh, segment this week. I I just had super high hopes for this this episode of Dynamite. But that's AEW. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout-outs? Shalom. Jace over here. And you're about to listen to my favorite part of the show, Brandon Shalom's. Oh. I mean, Brandon, shout-outs. South Park post-COVID gets the first shout-out. You, you probably didn't watch it, right? I have not watched it, but I really, really want to watch it. You could have signed up for a free trial for Paramount+. Plus. Really? Yeah, Black Friday. They were doing free 30 days. Oh, thanks for telling me. I, it completely slipped my mind. Now you could, you could come over and watch it, though. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. I thought it was great, though, and I can't wait for the next one. Everything from it. Like, have you seen spoilers at all? Uh, I mean, I saw Cartman. Yeah, yeah, I'm very confused. Well, you're more than welcome to come here and watch it. (laughs) But I'm giving the next shout-out to Million Dollar Arm. I've spoken about it so many times on the show recently, but it's finally, finally, finally on Disney+. Plus. And I think everybody should watch it because it's literally a biopic about Veer, which I think is so awesome. Prior to wrestling, back, that is, back that is really a, interesting. A baseball pitcher, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Have you? You've never seen this either, right? No, not yet. You got Disney Plus though. No. Oh not my yet. goodness. <laughs> I I haven't had time to sit down and watch anything, anyways, with it. So it wouldn't even even if I I was going to order the Disney Plus like. Uh, a few weeks ago or last week even, and I realized that even I wouldn't even have time to sit down and enjoy it right now. Bro, you have so many things to catch up on. I know. Um, right now, the thing that I'm able to catch up on, I'm watching Titans. Never heard of it. On HBO Max, which is like the, I guess the storyline with like... Oh, Dick, DC? Yeah, DC with like How Dick Grayson. How do you Grayson, choose DC Robin. over Marvel? 
Well, I I have the I have HBO Max. Oh uh, yeah, I guess that. <laughs> I might as well go through what I have, and then once I'm out of what I have, <laughs> then I'll go to the what I don't have. Yeah, <laughs> especially because I just finished Doom Patrol, which I'm really like disappointed that I'm all caught up now. <laughs> well, my final shout out is going to Chex Mix. I got it this past week, and it's just really good. I feel like everyone's had Chex Mix, right? Yeah, of course. I just wish they had more breadsticks and rye chips in there. Cause those are the yeah. that's the only reason to eat Chex Mix to me is those two items. Literally, uh, no reason yeah. to have two pretzels in a a bag of Chex Mix. Two kinds no. of Chex, sure. Two pretzels, hell no. Uh-uh. give me the breadsticks. Give me the rye chips. That's it. Unnecessary violence on the field with that one. <laughs> but those are my shout outs. Now it's time for hours. Right, our mark out moment of the week. I gotta say, with uh, the Peacock Network came a new season of Saved by the Bell, and I binged it the whole season. All I think ten episodes, and there's a lot of wrestling references on this episode. On oh. this uh, this season, I mean, is Belden on it? Not yet. Oh, they did pay up. tribute to Dustin Diamond, though. Who wasn't on it last season either, but Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. But uh in, in I'm just gonna say I'm spoiling the hell out of this because I pop big time for it. <laughs> um so if you don't uh if you don't want to be spoiled, just skip ahead a minute or so. <laughs> uh but on one of the episodes, Slater was talking to a therapist and saying how at a certain age it's tough to reinvent yourself. And it's, like, made to come off as if he's talking about himself. And then he goes, and that's why I'm worried about The Undertaker being retired from wrestling. (laughs) And the therapist is like, oh, thanks for sharing that, but I want to talk about Slater. And he's like, Heath Slater from Monday Night Raw? And that popped me big time, too, so. And then they they mentioned WWE further on in in this show as well. WrestleMania, China, so. That's really funny. Yeah, but also big uh, mark out moment of the week that uh, we just happen to be the broski of the week again on episode 42 of MC True Long Island Story. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Thank you to everybody involved with that. You know, yeah, we had the Are You Serious Bro tweet of the week for Z True Long Island Story on episodes 41, 46, 49, 52, 65, and 85. Definitely a record. And then we were Broski of the Week on episode 69. And now episode 42 of MC True Long Island Story. We're Broski of the Week again. So definitely thank you to Matt. Thank you to the Major Pod. Thank you, Smart Mark Sterling. I, even though he didn't pick it out. But I popped at his reaction. Because, <laughs> like, they always have to... When they bring up Mark and out, it's always like, Oh, remember that time you stole their name? <laughs> we don't hate you, Mark. No, no, yeah. It's no... <laughs> Yeah, we definitely don't hate you. All is good, you know. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, that's we, that's got to be the mark out. We appreciate what you do and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. And I respect. enjoy. Yeah, I'm not sitting there. There are people who attack Mark Sterling for stuff that he says on the show and stuff. And I'm like, what? Mark Sterling's great. Yeah, no, total, uh, total respect for you. you yeah. Know? But that is the mark out moment of the week. 
That's Marking Out episode 565. And before you take it away, happy happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Marking Out, at BTTG161, at Chris Sweendog, at DavidPTDPT, Instagram, Marking Out 11, BTTG161, DavidPTDPT. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash marking out. Follow us on or subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash marking out 11. Buy some shirts, prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. You could use the code regardless for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Check us out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and now over 10 years old, markingout.com. There you go. Party over here. We wish you. The The best best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.